The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Y'all a little wound up today? Man, that worship time was awesome. Listen, a couple of weeks ago, we, we began talking about, and it was kind of interesting last week how Elijah talked about that issue about us understanding how God sees us, that God sees you as beautiful. God sees you as incredible, that you are God's workmanship, that you're created in Christ Jesus. But too often we've allowed the world to dictate what, what it is that we think that we are or who it is that we think we are. We've allowed people that have spoken wrong things over us to, de- to define us. And we've got to allow the word of God to define us. So we, we talked about this issue of accusation and God is not the accuser. Let me say this again. God is not the accuser. When you hear an accusation, I hear people say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts me of these wrongdoing all the time. Listen, it, that's not right. I know that some of us were taught that, but in John 16, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit coming, and he says that he will convict the world of sin, meaning before we came to know Christ, he'll convict us of our sins so that we recognize, I can't do it without God, but he'll convict those who know him of righteousness. So God is declaring all the time who you are. Try it with your kids sometime. Start speaking to their potential instead of their bad behavior, and you'll be amazed at how their potential will start showing up in their life. So God is not the accuser. In fact, what we looked at two weeks ago from John 5, Jesus is talking and he says, do not think that I shall accuse you. God is for you today. And not just kind of half-hearted for you that if you do right all the time, then he's going to be for you. He is for you. And if he is for you, who can be against you? What can be against you? Can a circumstance be against you? Can a person be against you? A boss? Can a boss be against you? Can a spouse be against you? Can, can some family members that you're going to spend some extra time with this week be against you? If God is for us, who can be against us? So who is the accuser? Satan. The enemy. He is the accuser. He is the one who is accusing us all the time. Can I tell you, his accusations never stop. I believe it's probably one of the things that he's got the largest part of his organization are demons that are accusing all the time. I promise you, the worship team up here, they feel the accusation of the enemy all the time. Am I singing this song quite right? Oh my goodness. I got kind of lost on that word. There's an accu- Every Sunday that I prepare a message for, every time during the week, there is an accusation going against me all the time. This is not going to be good. Richie, you're going to mess up. You're going to make some dumb statement again. An accusation is coming against us all the time. He's accusing all the time. He's accusing God to us. He's standing before the throne saying, did you see what Richie did? There's no way that you should be blessing him. God's not buying it at all. God says, I don't think so. By his stripes, by by the blood of Jesus Christ, that young man is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's accusing God to us. Something goes wrong in our life, what do we immediately think? God, man, what are you doing? Oh yeah, that's right, I cussed last week. No, right? We buy into the lie. God's not, but we buy into it. Do you know he's accusing us to one another? Do you know he's trying to get you offended with the people sitting around you all the time? Do you know he's trying to get you offended with me somehow? What on earth is Pastor Richie doing wearing black pants in church? Doesn't he know he should be wearing white pants? He's the good guy, not the bad guy, right? 
There's an accusation all the time because if you receive the accusation, suddenly you're looking through the accusation lens at everything that I'm saying. You're saying, yeah, I don't know about that, Pastor Richie. And he's doing it with our family members. He's doing it with people we're in relationship with. There is a constant accusation coming against us all the time. Listen, we don't have to be afraid of it. We just have to be aware of it. So he'll accuse us to one another. He's trying to get us offended with one another. So we have to learn how to condemn the accusation. We have to learn how to not put up with the accusation. Now sometimes, honestly, we want to put up with the accusation. A spouse offends us. We deserve to be frustrated. We deserve to be angry. In fact, I'm just going to take a few days and I'm going to shun them. Shunned. You're shunned. Right? And then if you need something, you're unshunned. Hey, can you get that for me? Shunned. Again. Right? We want to, we sometimes want to be, we want the accusation happening in our life. We do. We just, oh yeah, that's right, man. That church, man, that person took my parking spot on the way in here. I can't even worship the Lord today because that person cut in front of me and got my parking spot. He's trying to get us offended. Well, here's what Isaiah 54 says, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, but here's the key, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Now, notice it's capital U, Y-O-U, meaning God's already done it. So what we're just saying is we're saying the same thing God says. Faith comes how? By thinking about it? No, by hearing. And when you're speaking, you're hearing, and faith is being built in you all the time. So you actually begin to believe that what God says is actually true. All right. So I want to look the story this morning at a story in the Old Testament and how show you how that when we're receiving an accusation, it begins to affect our outside circumstances and situations. It, it begins to affect, we're literally sometimes binding God out of our lives by receiving an accus, accusation. Now, at first glance, you might be kind of surprised, maybe even stunned, because it doesn't seem like there is an accusation that has been received, right? Because typically we see the accusation received in someone else. Right? They're a little grumpy today. Oh, yeah, they, they're just that way. And we have a harder time seeing it in us. But whenever you don't see favor flowing in any area of your life, make sure that you, there has not been an accusation that you have received into your life. Make sure that you haven't allowed the devil to use the, even the law against you. Now, this story that we're going to look at today from Ezra chapter 4 is, a, is from the Old Testament. It's a story of the children of Israel coming back to Israel after captivity. And it's during the time of Ezra, but there's some political and spiritual leaders that are part of this story. Um, Zerubbabel, Joshua, Haggai, and Zechariah. Now, they are returning to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of God, and they were sent by King Cyrus of Persia. Now, King Cyrus not only sent them, but he actually commissioned them, and the reason why he commissioned them was because before he was even born, Isaiah prophesied him by name that he would send the children of Israel back to rebuild the temple. Let me tell you something. God is involved in every area and detail of your life individually and also our lives collectively. So the moment you begin freaking out about what's happening with ISIS or political things or, or economic things going on around the world, you need to step back and go, God's got it all under control. God's not doing bad things, but he's got it all under control and he's going to use the things that the enemy means for evil and he's going to work it out for our good and for his glory. 
So, so he's excited to, to help them rebuild the temple. So he sends the children back. And the enemy of the Jews, however, they were not very happy to that the children of Israel were rebuilding the temple. How many of you recognize that some things never change? See, in our lives, there are things that God wants to build or establish. God will not force you to establish things in your life. He wants to establish things in our lives, in our careers, in our families, in our relationships, on the call and the destiny of our life. Listen, when we get passionate about how good God is, we will no longer be happy with good in our best. We will want great in our life. Good is the enemy of great. See, maybe you're not experiencing the grace of favor of God in your life in some areas. Well, we're about to discover the reason why you may not be discovering that. And so they started building, and they have laid the foundation of the temple. And the Bible tells us what happened. Ezra chapter 4, verse 1, if you have it, here's what it says. Now, when the adversaries of Judah, the enemies of Judah and Benjamin, heard that the descendants of the captivity were building the temple of the Lord God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel, which is an easy name to say, is the leader of the Jewish people. He's the governor. All right? He's the governor, right? All right. So he came to Zerubbabel and the heads of the father's houses and said to them, let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do. Now listen, they're being deceptive. If the enemy sometimes can't come against you, he'll get with you and try to bring some division into your family. So again, Zerubbabel is the, the political leader, but Zerubbabel and Joshua, now Joshua is the high priest. Okay, so we see here we've got the political leader, but we also have the spiritual leader. And the rest of the heads of the father's, heads of the father's houses of Israel said to them, You may do nothing with us to build a house for our God, but we alone will build to the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Now watch what happens. Then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. The enemy is going to constantly try to get you discouraged. You're going to have plenty of opportunities, possibly before the sun sets today, to be discouraged by some things. You, the question is, are you going to respond or are you going to react? Reaction is a feeling. Oh, everything's falling apart. Oh, my life's horrible. Response is, I know that if God is for me, who can be against me? God, I can trust you with what's going on. So the enemy will try to discourage you from building your family. Do you know that God actually wants you to build your family? He doesn't want you to get on autopilot. Moms and dads, listen, sometimes the accusation that the enemy will bring into your life is don't make your kids co go to church because if you make them go to church, they'll resent church. No, they won't. They'll understand the goodness of God. There's an accusation that comes in. The enemy's going to try to discourage you from building your family, your career. God doesn't want you just to have a job. He wants you to have a career, a position of influence, that you're able to bless other people with the wisdom and knowledge that God's putting into your life. He'll try to discourage you in your relationships. People that get close to you are the people that can hurt you the most. For the, our Savior, there had to be nothing worse than Judas' kiss. He's going to try to discourage you, and there's going to be an accusation of anything that you're doing right now. He's going to try to discourage us from building God's kingdom. He'll try to discourage us from, from trying to reach out and help other families like through our blessing tree and through our Christmas offering so that we can continue to enlarge to bless more people because the devil doesn't want to see anything rise for God's glory. He doesn't want the, the world to see God's children being blessed so he'll try to discourage us. 
reading on in verse 4. They troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. It's a very long time that they're discouraging them. Verse 6. In the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning, I totally made that up, the pronunciation on that. In the reign of that guy, in the beginning of his reign, they wrote what? What did they write? What, what, did, what did they write? An accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. So once again, we see how the enemy works. Listen, long before grace and favor stops flowing in your life or never begins in the first place, he has to bring what into your life? He has to bring an accusation. He has to get you to buy into the accusation. Your wife's never going to change. Your husband's always going to act that way. Your parents were broke. You're always going to be broke. The devil can't steal, kill, and destroy the things of God in your life unless we allow an accusation to come in because an accusation creates unbelief in our life. God, I don't really trust you in this. Now, we won't say that out loud, but we're all the time going, man, I'm not sure if God will be able to do this. So what are the accusations? You know you'd be healed if you just had enough faith. We talked about this Wednesday night in our Connect group. We think that we have to do something, but really when we see God in his grace and in his goodness, that's actually when he sees us in our faith. Do you realize that we can make faith a dead work? I've got to have faith. I've got to have faith. I've got to have faith. If I have enough faith, then God will bless me. Listen, God blesses you because he's good. Our faith is just a response to recognizing he's good. You can't be healed because of past sexual sins. That relationship is going to remain torn until you learn a lesson. There isn't going to be any provision for you because based upon your past, you can't be trusted with finances. You really can't hear from God because you don't know how to pray. And the accusations go on and on and on and on. And they are constantly bombarding into our spirit man. So the enemy brought what? An accusation. And with this particular accusation, the enemy wrote a letter. And I'm going to just kind of paraphrase. It begins in verse 7. It says, they said to King Artaxerxes, if you go to the library and look up the history of Jerusalem, you'll find that it's a very rebellious city. They worship, they won't worship your God. And when they build the temple, they won't pay taxes to you. Instead, they will tithe to the Lord in their temple. So they won't pay tribute to you and they will rebel against you. And with this accusation, they poisoned the mind of the king. Do you realize our minds get poisoned all the time by accusations that come, first of all, just into our mind, the things the enemy's saying, but by things other people do? If God was really a healer, then why did that happen? If God was really your provider, why did this happen? Listen, I have people ask me questions all the time about why people don't change. You know, I, I prayed for my marriage to work. I prayed for this person to, to change their ways and come back to me and get the relationship right. Listen, every one of us, God has given us a free will. And God is not going to override your free will or other people's free will. He's going to let them choose still. But God still answers prayer because I promise you, God was dealing with that person. God was saying, that's not the right way to go. Don't walk that way. You're better than that. That's not the purpose and plan I have for your life. So they poisoned the mind of the king. And when King Artaxerxes read the letter, he sent a decree for the work in Jerusalem to stop. Drop down to verse 23. It says, now when the copy of King Artaxerxes' letter was read with Rehem and Shemeshah, the scribe, and their companions, they went up in haste to Jerusalem against the Jews and by force of arms made them cease. 
Thus the work of the house of God which is at Jerusalem ceased. And it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So the work stopped. Do you know how long the work stopped for? It stopped for 16 years. 16 years. They'd only laid the foundation. And so for 16 years, the work had stopped because they had lost favor with the king. All of a sudden, the favor dried up. All of a sudden, the favor stopped. But something happened before the favor stopped. Because up till that point, they had found favor with the king. And then something happened. Why did the favor stop flowing? How come the enemy seemed to be winning? You ever feel like that sometimes in your life? Like the enemies are winning. It seems like favor stopped with you. But other people who don't know God or love God, seems like they're being blessed. But in your life, it seems like favor has stopped flowing. Things are not working out as they should. Do you have those things happening in your life from time to time? So for 16 years, the favor had stopped flowing. And the thing that God had called them to do, I want to remind you that God had actually called them to do this. It came to a grinding halt. Let's read on because this is chapter 4. But in in the next chapter, chapter 5, God sends two young prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. How would you like to be named Haggai? Hey, Haggai. If you're named Haggai, I apologize uh, on that. (laughs) Ezra chapter 5, next chapter, it says, Then the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, the sons of Idu, prophets prophesied to the Jews who were in Judea and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel who was over them. Now, what did these two prophets do? They prophesied. What am I doing right now? I'm prophesying. What did we all do when we were making the declarations earlier? We were prophesying. What do we do when we sing songs of worship about the goodness of God and what God's done in our hearts and lives? We're prophesying. He prophesied. Now, most of us don't think prophecy. Most of us think actually of prophecy kind of with a King James language. You know, yea, though thus saith the Lord, a God almighty, right? There were a couple of ladies when I was growing up that would prophesy things like, yea, my people. As David fought Goliath in the lion's den, it was Jonah that went before them in the belly of the well to prepare the way to cross the Red Sea. You know, sometimes we get things a little mixed up, right? We're a little bit inaccurate. But prophecy is declaring what the Word of God says. It's declaring those things over your life. Pastor Rich, I'm not sure I know what to declare. Declare what God's Word says. Sometimes you may not even believe it, but you fake it till you make it. Thank you, God, that by your stripes I'm healed. All kinds of doubt bouncing around in your mind. God, thank you, Father, that you are my provider. When you feel the enemy attacking you, telling you're not going to make it, do you ever hear that? You're about ready to go into a presentation. You're about ready to be up for a promotion. Suddenly the enemy steps in and starts saying, it's not going to happen for you. You just need to remind yourself, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. When you're being attacked financially, just declare Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply some of my needs. All of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. When you're being attacked physically, declare Isaiah 53. By his stripes I am healed. That's prophecy. Prophecy is building up. You're building yourself up. When we prophesy over other people, we're building them up. It's for edification, encouragement, and comfort. God is always building up. Again, if you're hearing condemning words and you think it's God, it's not. He's always building up. He's always edifying. He's always encouraging. He's always comforting. God doesn't use words to destroy. He says to you, you are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. That's the thing that empowers us for success. 
But we can leave church on a Sunday morning going, God's for me, rather than feeling like, oh man, I blew it again because because I'm railing on you, telling you all the things you did wrong. Just so you know, I know every one of you did something wrong this week. And I know I did something wrong this week, but we're not going to declare what we did wrong. We're going to declare who we are in Christ Jesus. That's the thing that causes us to live the overcoming life. So Haggai and Zechariah prophesied. Seems as if their enemies are prospering, yet before this they had favor. Again, what stopped the favor? The favor stopped when they received the accusation. And in this case, it was because the leadership did nothing. Please catch that, because we can think, well, I'll just sit back and let God do this for me. Let me tell you, God has already done everything for you. That's why, again, the Word of God teaches you and I to speak to the mountain, speak to the problem, speak to the situation. Instead of waiting for God just to fix it, He's already prepared you to be able to overcome in everything. The leadership did nothing about the accusing letter. Everything begins with leadership. Again, we're talking about the governor and the high priest. So Zechariah the prophet, he has a vision one day of these two leaders. And we see this vision in the book of Zechariah. Zechariah 3 says this. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to what? To oppose him. Satan is standing there as a lawyer. All right? And he's there to make an accusation against him. He's there to be a plaintiff. Watch this in verse 2. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. What an incredible vision. God is helping us understand some things here. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying today. Because Zechariah the prophet saw the spiritual leader, Joshua the high priest, was under an accusation. No wonder for 16 years the work had stopped. See, even though it would be easy to say that the temple work stopped because of these enemies outside or because of the king. No, 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 no. Something happened to the spiritual leader. The moment he felt dirty or filthy, he received the condemnation. There is therefore now what? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The moment he felt that, he started receiving it, started feeling filthy because the devil was accusing him. And when that happened, favor stopped. Now, maybe there's some things in your life that aren't flowing with favor. And it seems like things are going against you, that things are falling apart. Instead of thinking that the problem is out there with other people's behaviors or with the circumstances, ask yourself... Have I received an accusation? Do I believe that God inside of me can conquer and overcome this thing that I'm walking through? Check and see if there are areas where you've allowed the devil to accuse you. And you've done nothing about it. You did not stand up and condemn the accusation. Thought comes into your mind. You're never going to make it. Well, that might be true. I guess that's possible. We believe and we buy into the lies of the enemy all the time instead of what God's word says about us. Instead of prophesying what God's word says about us. Verse 4, then he, talking about God, answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, take away his filthy garments from him. How many of you are glad that Jesus has done that for us today? That if you're here today and you're a child of God, the, the, the enemy's filthy garments that were on you have been stripped away from you. You now have a cloak of righteousness. You're in right standing with God simply because of what Jesus has done. And to him he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you and I will clothe you with rich robes. 
God gave to Joshua the high priest this sense of righteousness, this sense of being in right standing with God. And in the Old Testament, the Israelites standing as a nation before God was wrapped up in their standing with their high priest. As the high priest was before God, so was the nation with God. Listen, it's the same for us today because as Jesus Christ, our high priest is today, so are we wrapped up in our high priest. And as our high priest goes, so goes Amarillo Fellowship. So goes each and every one of us. And listen, our high priest will never cower. He will never bow down to the accusations of the enemy, the devil. He lives under the power of eternal life. He is eternally righteous, prosperous, eternally young and healthy. And according to 1 John 4, 17, it says, As he is, so are you in this world. But notice that everything hinges on the leadership level. And this affects every one of us because you are the leader of you. I know some of you think your spouse is the leader of you, but you are the leader of you. You always get to choose your response. You get to determine whether you're going to receive an accusation. Again, the word of God says that we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. So he's accusing all the time. But beyond that, it also affects the families that we lead, the businesses that we lead, the ministries that we lead, the churches that we lead, the city that we lead, the state that we lead, the nation that we lead. If you want to see favor and blessing start flowing in your lives in areas that seem to have stopped or dried up or were never running in the first place, we need to go back and recognize that we probably in that area received an accusation. You're born poor, you're always going to be poor. Your your parents have always been sickly, you're going to be sickly. We've received an accusation. We need to stand on and do what the word of God tells us to do. Not because by doing that I've earned favor and I've earned the blessing, I'm just walking out the favor and blessing that's already been made available to me. So what is that? Isaiah 54 again, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Here's the key. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage. You want to know what your inheritance is in Christ Jesus? This is the heritage that you have to overcome that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper for the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Listen, we need to stop believing and speaking the lies say that again. We need to stop believing and speaking the lie that the enemy is attacked and is accusing us with and speak only what God says. Pastor Richie, is that practical? It is absolutely practical. I promise you, if if you're around some people that are constantly speaking reality, don't get me going on reality TV, all right? The drama. Oh, people love drama. We got a bunch of drama queens in our society anymore. We need to get rid of some drama in our life. Amen? Stop speaking. Listen, you're going to have some people that are going to think, man, you are weird. Listen, it's okay. We're just going to declare what the Word of God says because we believe what the Word of God says. So we speak only what God says over our lives, over our families' lives, over our businesses. Listen, you may not own that business, but listen, that business is a way that you are provided for. Speak life over that business. Thank you, God, that you're bringing in clients. God, thank you that you're bringing in customers. God, thank you that this business is blessed and highly favored. Speak what the Word of God says over your businesses, over your health. Stop declaring the little aches and pains that you've got. 
Come on, some of you are getting a little bit older. Well, I'm 50 now, so yeah, I've got this elbow. Got a little trick elbow there. More my shoulder, oh, my knee, oh, blah, 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 right? What's the word of God say? By his stripes we are healed. Hey, man, over your finances. Don't look at your bank and make that de- statement and make that declaration. Declare what the word of God says. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Pastor Richie, I don't believe that. Probably won't work for you then. But if you want to believe it, I'm telling you, it's amazing. I'm not talking about you having an 8,000 square foot mansion and driving in a limousine all day. That kind of rich, what we think of as rich, it's just the blessings of the Lord on you. It makes you rich. Just so you know, as Americans, we are rich. We're, we're in the top 10% of all income brackets all over the world. We're rich. We're highly favored. Speak the word of God over your finances, over every and any area of your life. Speak life, speak life, speak life, speak life. Meditate on the word of God. Meditate on it. Let it become a revelation to you. And all of a sudden, it's going to give power to your declarations. You're not just going to have to fake it till you make it anymore. Now you're going to be bold. You're going to be bold in your declarations. Let me close. Kathy, if you come up and play. Some of you may be here today and you're saying, Pastor Richie, you know what? I came because I needed to hear a word about how to fix my marriage or my finances or I, I needed a word on health. Listen, this revelation is the way out of every problem that you're dealing with now. Every problem. It is the way that we keep the weapons that are being formed against us because there are weapons being formed against us. It's the way that we keep them from prospering. It is the way for the breakthrough in our lives. It is the way that we establish God's will in our lives in every area to where his kingdom is being done here on earth just as it's being done in heaven. It's the way. What an exciting life we get to live. Do you realize that Jesus, just before he descended back to heaven, said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me? Do you realize we're in the one who has all authority? That we can walk in an authority that God has given you. Some of you are not exercising your authority. Some of you are not laying hold of the inheritance that you have in Christ Jesus. But it's an exciting life we get to live. Are you ready for victory in areas of your life that you're not seeing victory right now? This is the key. Start condemning every accusation of the enemy. I'm telling you, God's trying to divide, the enemy, excuse me, is trying to divide marriages. The devil is constantly trying to divide your marriage. Just so you know, that's the work of the enemy. The devil is constantly trying to bring sickness and disease into your life. We live in a fallen world, so sometimes we're affected by some things around us. But we need to declare what the Word of God says over our life and walk in the victory that God has for us. So how do we do that? We condemn every accusation of the enemy. You'll be amazed that at first it will will be a little bit of a a struggle with the battle. Because your old habits and your old patterns are so easily to fall into. Yes, I'm this way, and yes, they're that way. But the more you become conscious and aware of this, it will literally become like on autopilot for you. You'll hear an accusation, you'll say, I don't think so, enemy. And you go on with your life. After a while, the enemy will get frustrated and he'll go pick on somebody else that's buying into his lies. So say what God says about you. How do we know what God says about us? We go to the Word of God and we read all the promises in the Word of God. 
We start reading the word of God through the filter of God's grace and not the filter of the law. And we begin to understand that everything that God has told us not to do, it's because those things are bad for us. And the things that he's told us to do, it's because those things promote life in us. And that's the way we walk in the abundant life that God has for us today, simply because God has prepared and given us the plan, the purpose, and the design that he has over every one of our lives. The key is we've got to take the accusation captive and condemn them. No more enemy. No more. Let me pray over you today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.